Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Danae Jones, and today I'm joined by John Hayward and Rhiannon Saunders of WGC Lawyers. And we're talking about when your business comes under attack in the public arena and what you can do about it. Thanks for joining us on the show, John and Rhiannon. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So in 2022, you found that there were two really common attacks that businesses were experiencing. What were they? First is where businesses are coming under attack from online reviews. Customers, members of the public who are saying uh, unfair or false things about the business. And so what was the second common form of attack? The second is where businesses are under attack from other businesses or competitors who are trying to rip off their good name, brand or reputation. And so if we find that we're a business that comes under attack, can we bring on a defamation claim? Well, any person whose reputation has been harmed by defamatory remarks can sue for defamation. So if a, a business owner is personally named or even an employee, then they can take action for defamation. And in addition to that, any company that has fewer than 10 employees can also bring a claim for defamation. So what an individual need to prove is that, that some serious harm has affected their reputation. And what a company needs to do is that it's actually suffered some serious financial loss. And so what's involved in bringing on such a claim? What generally happens at the start, Danae, is that the person who's been defamed issues what's called a concerns notice to the person who's published the defamatory remarks. That notice needs to set out what's been said, the defamatory imputations that it contains. Uh, it needs to set out where the defamation's been published. It might be you know, online, on a blog, on a website. Uh, and it also needs to set out the harm that's being caused, including if it's to a business, the financial loss that's being sustained because of the defamation. And so what happens next? After the concerns notice has been issued, the publisher has 28 days to respond. They might choose to defend it, they might choose to ignore it, uh, or they can make an offer to make an amends, which is an apology, uh, an offer to pay some compensation, and an offer to pay legal costs. So if I can't take action for defamation, are there any other options? Well, yes, there are, because you might recall there's some restrictions on who can bring a claim for defamation. So if you are a business that has more than, than 10 members, uh, there are legal remedies that are otherwise available to you. Uh, it's similar to defamation. Uh, it's called suing for injurious falsehood. It involves a publication concerning the business. Whereas defamation is more about protecting personal reputation, injurious falsehood is about protecting someone's interest in a business. So what you'll need to show is that something's been said about your business, that it's false, that it was maliciously said, and that your business has suffered injury or harm as a result. In some cases, it might be necessary for the business to take urgent action. I mean, we've seen how quickly things can go viral. Um, in that case, it might be necessary for the business to apply to court for an urgent injunction, which is really just a court order preventing the further spread of these defamatory remarks until the matter comes before the court at a later stage. And so what if it's actually a competitor making negative reviews about my business? We've actually seen that happen, Danae. Sometimes you can find a competitor is posting negative reviews about another business themselves, um, or they're even paying or encouraging someone else to leave negative and false reviews. If that happens, your business can actually take action against that other business for misleading and deceptive conduct um, under the Australian consumer laws. 
And so what usually happens when a business takes legal action to protect itself against these attacks? So ideally what we like to see happen is that they'll stop with the defamatory remarks, that'll help prevent any further damage being done. What sometimes happens though is they might try and defend themselves by saying that the reviews that they left were their honestly held opinion, that they were fair, that there was nothing wrong with what they've said. And so what other tips have you got for businesses when they're dealing with online attacks or bad reviews? Time is of the essence with these things. A lot of those platforms like Google, Facebook, TripAdvisor have an area where you can lodge a complaint if you're aware that something false or defamatory is being said about your business. I suppose the difficulty though is that there can be a time delay in them responding and removing the post by which time the damage has already been done. In extreme cases, if we're talking about trolling, threats to owners of a business, threats to employees, then it might actually be necessary to make a report and refer the matter to the police. And I suppose thirdly, because time is of the essence and these issues are complicated, you should seek professional advice as quickly as you can. And so the other common form of attack is when a competitor is trying to rip off your good reputation or brand. What tips have you got for people? What can they do? Well, in contrast to what John was speaking about, you can't necessarily prepare or prevent someone from defaming your business, but you can take proactive steps to protect your business from that threat. And so what might some of those proactive steps be? Ideally, what we're talking about here is registering your business name, registering your domain name or names, and registering any intellectual property of yours. So that might be a patent, a design, or a trademark. Sometimes though, the law will still protect you even if you haven't taken those steps. If you can show that you have a good, well-established reputation and someone is trying to take advantage of that. What we often see is a business trading in a particular industry and another business comes along with a very similar sounding name or brand. Sometimes it's deliberate and other times it can be completely innocent. So Danae, say for example, a competitor enters the Cairns market with a new magazine called Cairns City Lives magazine. You would be legitimately concerned that your readers and advertisers might be confused about which magazine was which. On one hand, they're getting an unfair boost or advantage by trading on your established reputation. And on the other hand, your subscribers could decrease because they're going to your competitor's website instead of yours. Well, that would actually be a real worry. So if that did happen to a business like mine, if I was in that situation, what could I do? Well, ultimately, the action you take will depend on whether you've already taken the proactive steps that I mentioned earlier. If you have, you may be able to take action based on an infringement of your registered interests. But even if you haven't, if you can establish that your business has a sound reputation, then you may still have an action for misleading conduct or what is also known as passing off. That sounds interesting. So what is passing off? Passing off is where someone is pretending or imitating an already established business. So that might be copying another business's name, design, branding or logo. And so are there any requirements? There are. You need to have an established reputation and this is where it can be handy to have taken those proactive steps that I mentioned earlier. Secondly, there must be a clear misrepresentation 
And thirdly, your business must have suffered financial loss as a result of the passing off. So if I bring a passing off claim, what is likely to happen? If you're bringing a passing off claim, you're wanting a court to make orders that stop the passing off from continuing. And you might also be seeking an account of profits from the other party. In other words, if the other party has profited from their copycat behaviour, you might be entitled to those profits. ASIC is responsible for registering business names. Once you've registered your business name, it will appear on the business name register, which is a list of all the business names throughout the country. ASIC has rules to help to avoid confusion between business names that are on the register. The rules help ASIC to determine whether a business name is identical or nearly identical to another business name. ASIC will not allow a business name to be registered if it is identical or nearly identical to another business name. And it can be helpful to know that you can actually make a complaint to ASIC if you feel that another business's name is too similar to yours. John and Rhiannon, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a really informative discussion. And thanks for joining us on the City Life podcast. If you'd like some more information about this topic and many others, head to citylifemedia.com.au or feel free to reach out to one of the experienced team at WGC Lawyers.